Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I am your host. And today I'm joined by a bunch of people on our staff. We have Haley Lucas, Rachel Thomas, Kiara Scalercio, Louise Arsenal, and Rachel Mersick. And everybody's here. We are here to discuss the fear of failure this week and how that pertains to our habits and how we create and work on and change our habits for 2022. Um, so welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. Hello. Hi. Hey there. Um, so we are going to just jump right in and um, kind of discuss. So Rachel Thomas sent me uh, via Instagram a video about uh, this concept of failure. Rachel, will you mind? Do you mind kind of explaining who was in the little video and what was it about? Sure. Yeah. Um, if if the for the parents out there, especially parents of girls, but. Um, but parents in general, Lisa Damore is um, a fantastic resource and she has written incredible books. Um, and just, she always has these little nuggets for parenting that are so practical and um, just really, I, I can relate to a lot. I have three girls and um, just love hearing her voice and reason and logic behind her, her thoughts. Um, so she had, um, she has a podcast called Ask Lisa and it's a parenting podcast, but in this particular episode, they had, um, they have a former Olympian and she was a softball Canadian Olympian named Lauren Regula, who I'm not familiar with her, but she has started, um, the strong mom movement. And so she has three young kids and really talks about this. And one of the things that they talked about, particularly on this episode was, failure and Lauren with her kids and said, you know, a lot of people do their like, Oh, how was your day? What was, what was so great about your day? But she actually starts her conversation with her kids with what was your, what was, what did you fail at today? What was your biggest failure? And, um, and they were, Lisa was kind of blown away with it and was like, this is so great. Like we need to highlight this. And I just thought it was so important, especially, um, one, I was so excited that they were having an athlete on the podcast um, to bring that perspective and as raising athletes. Um, and I thought it was just such a good, um, a good uh, lens to look at. Like, we, let's, let's address our, our failures and what can we learn from them? Because we all have them and we all have them daily or whatever, weekly and in our lives. And so what do we do with that failure? How do we respond? Because that's what we can control and um yeah I, I loved it because um you sent it to me last night and I was like slowly making like images on my phone for social media and uh, I'm sitting next to my son and he's like what are you doing and I'm like oh I'm you know I'm making some graphics for female footballers and and he goes um why does it say what did you fail at and I go well, I, I'm going to pose that question. Why, why? Why are you acting like that? And he was like, well, why would you want to focus on failure? And I was like, because that's how we grow. And so I looked at him, I said, what did you fail at today? And he did not know what to say. And he, and he ended up saying, I think I missed a few questions on my math quiz. And I was sort of like, huh, for a kid, he's 11, sixth grade. Like it was one of those moments where he's still looking at success and failure based on like his schooling and not other parts of the day. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I feel that today. I said, I've been really trying to eat healthy and I snuck a few Hershey kisses today and I ate some chocolate and then I didn't go on my run because I didn't feel like it. So 
So I kind of failed at, at a little bit on my health today. And it, he sort of looked at me with like a weird look, like, oh, that's a failure too, kind of. Like he didn't say that, but it made me realize that like how our children 10 and up kind of and teens view failure in a way where it's about ticking certain boxes um, rather than this kind of holistic view of themselves. And, um, you know, every night at the dinner table, we always do high, low cheer, which is the high of your day, the low of your day, and somebody in your day you feel like you could cheer on and um, or cheer for or that cheered you on, any of that. But I think I'm going to change it up and I'm going to try this at the dinner table and just be like, what'd you fail at? Because what I realized is when we don't talk about our failures, there creates more fear around them and it gives fear more power um, rather than the opposite, which is trying to, you know, we're always only talking about our successes and the happy things. And that makes kids internalize that we always need to feel happy. And it makes those feelings of happiness and joy the most important rather than the uncomfortable, awkward conversations, hard things that we deal with. They're not discussed, then we, we don't, you know, it's it just creating, we're creating it by what we talk about, I guess is my point. And so asking hard questions, like, what did you fail at? It only is going to normalize failure, which I think in turn will, will help children and teenagers and adults feel like it's okay to, to fail a little bit more. What do you guys think? Thoughts on that? I personally think that if you break it down, I think we've heard this before, but fail is your first attempt in learning. And if you can embrace that as it is, like you said, you give it less power. Um, and then it's also creating the distinction between I am a failure and I have failed. Because failure is an event, it is not a person. So to be able to distinguish that within players, within the people that we coach, within the community that we have, again, it sets the standard of I'm, I'm in learning and I'm growing from my mistakes as opposed to a, I am a mistake. And it gives you empowerment. And I think it, it, it allows you to step back and look at it for what it really is instead of internalizing it and feeling bad and, and inviting all the negative feelings that come with what people would deem a failure. So to your point, again, I totally agree with you. It, it, the more we normalize the conversation, the less it creates fear and the more we're able to surpass what we have deemed as a failure. And I think that for sure starts for young kids from their coaches and from their parents and opening up that conversation that it's okay to talk about failures. Like Lou said, separating the person um, from the action and what they're doing. Um, and like we said, failure is a way to learn. But I think that a lot of times failure and a nervousness that kids have, and this is for sure true of me in my athletic career, that there was a lot of whether it was true or not, I felt there was a lot of pressure on me to not fail because it was a, not only a reflection of myself, but also um, coaches kind of put that fear into me that I wasn't allowed to fail. And therefore I didn't take as many risks as I might have otherwise. Um, but it does start at a young age with those coaches and parents um, kind of setting the tone for what failure is and how players and young children should interact with it. I think it's so true, Haley, the, that fear of failure and then the, the lack of, you know, taking the risk. And we talk a lot about how important that is, you know, obviously in sports, but in life, like you, you have to put yourself out there and there are going to be times you're going to be shot down or you're, it's not going to meet your expectations, whatever it is. Um, but that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you from doing it. And 
especially coaching young girls, like I, that is constantly what I'm having to, to instill in them is like, please take the risk. Like I give them the green light. I literally, when I coach soccer, I call it the stoplight field. This is for younger kids, but I call it the stoplight field and I call it the red, the defensive third is red and then the yellow and then the green, if you look at the field that way. And the red being, this is not the space to take a lot of risk, right? Because the, they, the other team can score there. That's okay. You know, in the yellow, you know, we go for a little more um, possession and things. This is obviously younger age kids. And then when you get into that green zone, I tell them, I say, you have you have the ability to do whatever you want in the green zone. And I never, ever get upset with a girl if she tries a new move or she uses her left foot that isn't, and it's not a good pass or whatever it is, because I really want them to just have that opportunity. Like it's okay. It's okay to fail and, and take, or not, not, well, it is okay to fail, but more it's okay to take the risk. And I think a lot of athletes play in fear of failure and you can't get to that next level or find your next level if you don't let yourself do that. I think um, I read somewhere that true failure only occurs if you give up. So if you stop, so recognizing that it is a process and what you're doing, but stepping out and trying things is key. I think the dialogue part of it is something that we miss. And I think talking about it is, is super important because like, like everyone said on this, it, it takes the fear out of it. If we take the fear out of it, it makes it real and it empowers us. And if we do that, then we can continue to find that growth. I think um, I was listening to a podcast as well, and somebody asked the question, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And I think that question on top of, you know, what did you fail at today are the two habits, if I'm connecting this back to some habits that we've been talking about with 2022, and rather than resolutions and goals, just trying to focus on small things to make some of those changes that are bigger. These are two when it comes to mental skills that I think if you routinely asked yourself every day or as a parent or coach, you ask your players every day, it starts to normalize that conversation and gives them, like you said, takes the power away from the fear and starts to put the power into the consistent small successes uh, and habits that they want to form to find those successes. But I'm curious, like um, the, it was actually Glennon Doyle's podcast and when they asked her, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Her answer was, nothing. I would do nothing. And it kind of was interesting because it, it made a, the, I think it was Abby Wambach, maybe it was talking to her and was saying like, that says a lot about how you're motivated. You know, if, if you would do nothing, then, then fear is fully your motivator. And I think you, as a coach and a parent, you can learn a lot about your kids' motivation levels, especially in the midst of the COVID pandemic, where Motivation has been such a roller coaster ride for so many children and players and, and even coaches and parents. Um, but, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And, and that also, that led to her talking about the need for um, kind of language surrounding some of this. And I had this talk with my daughter last night. So my daughter is trying out for a play today. It's her first play ever. And she has to sing a song in front of people. She's never done that. And so she chose um, How Far You'll Go by Moana soundtrack. And um, she, last night, she's like, I, I don't think I can do it. And I was like, yes, you can. You can do this. And I'm scared. And I said, okay. And um, 
I said, she's like, but I don't think I can. And in that podcast, Glennon was talking about giving, kind of making up words to, for your children or your players to kind of give them tools on, again, normalizing these fears. And one of the words she gave was skited, which was scared, excited, mixed. And it was being skited is an okay feeling. It's okay to be scared and excited. It's that nervousness. But teaching children and teens and everything to learn the difference between those scared, excited feelings and those real true fears, you know? And I mean, a psychologist would talk about the amygdala in your brain and how, you know, let's say you're on a, a hike and you your brain sees what they think is a snake and really it's just a stick. Your, your brain is telling you to be scared of that because that's what the amygdala does and that's the fear. And it's you teaching yourself that to not always listen to some of those fears. And so giving some language around that is really helpful. And so I told my daughter what skited meant. And I said, so now that you know that word, are you truly scared and fearful or are you skited? She's like, I'm skited. And she had this big smile on her face. And I was like, okay, that's that's a good feeling to feel to feel skited. Like that's a, that's not a bad thing. And so I think um, starting with, you know, these habits of, of talking about what would you do if you weren't afraid and, you know, what, um, what you failed at are two small things you can do to create habits around normalizing failure and reducing the fear around it. Any thoughts on any of that? I'm just going to kind of add that another small habit is we realize a lot of times when we do something like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Just kind of taking that tiny step to try something that's a little bit out of our comfort zone um, will allow us to make great um, advancements in addressing maybe potentially real fears as of right now. But the closer we get to, I know we talked about like little things we can do to kind of achieve our goals, or maybe um, in this case to conquer our fears is just taking those little steps. And then a quote I always like is become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And just that little bit of discomfort, the longer we sit in hot water, it doesn't get as hot anymore. So trying to take those little baby steps that are tiny habits we can practice, and then that's no longer a fear that we have. Is that your quote? The longer we sit in hot water, it's not. I did hot just hot make that up. Yeah, I but that. I'm sure I, I didn't come up with that. I'm writing it down, Haley. Well done. Any other thoughts, you guys? I think it's really easy to miss the details, right? Like of creating these habits for kids to process these things, and it's it's a really special space that creates confidence. And I've noticed that with my players is. When we have our discussions at the end of the season, the things that they remember are the moments that were hard. And so we're in the moments that were exciting. So hard moments and exciting moments are what they what they grasp onto. And a lot of feedback I got was some of my players, they didn't call it the same word that your daughter called it, Cassie, what they called it scare-sighted is what it was. And they smashed the word together. Right. And they remember those moments of, hey, I remember the moment I was scared and I worked through it. And the more kids can process that, they take that into their adult lives. And it's, it's an important tool to have. Totally. I love that. Yeah. I think it's so great to give some language around those sorts of feelings, because actually Lisa talks about this, um, about anxiety specifically, and talks about how, you know, anxiety is, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we're, we should be anxious in certain situations. You should be, you know, you, the, and to your point, Cassie, your brain is telling you these things for certain reasons. 
Um, but having the practice and, and in sports, it's such great practice for life, right? There are these uncontrollables out on the field and all the things you're just presented with. You don't know, who, you know, how your opponent's going to react, you know, all those things, but you can't just go out there and be scared. You got to just go and it's not always going to be great every time. Um, and recognize that you can learn from those moments and, and grow. Absolutely. Well, if we have no other kind of thoughts, we'll keep this one short this week because this is a large topic that we can go in many different directions. And I think we'll probably revisit it multiple times, maybe from a player perspective, a coach perspective and a parent perspective throughout this year, um, especially because we are in year two of a pandemic and the fears and the roller coaster of life are ever changing lately. And and we're still dealing with a lot. And so the more we can talk about it, and I think the more it feels, um, like you said, the water gets less hot. Haley, I love that. Um, I hope I got it right. I wrote it down, but <laughs> um, if you guys have no other thoughts, I really appreciate your time today. And those of you listening, um, we have a lot coming up for female footballers. Um, we are looking at doing our, our next college community a meeting coming up the end of January. We have a coaches corner, our first meeting for kind of coaches to come together and discuss these types of things. Uh, we're doing it through the Women's Sports Foundation on the National Women and Girls Sports Day. More information on that coming soon. Um, and then we have an upcoming clinic. We might have a date change here, so we'll keep you updated on that. Um, but that's about it for now. Again, we really appreciate your time. Thank you ladies for being on today. And um, we will we will talk to you all soon. Bye, guys. Bye.